Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for listening to Nuclear Medicine Men. Um, today's episode was absolutely... I mean, I know I call all my episodes fantastic just because the work the guests do. You're going to have to uh, to stay on your toes with this one, honestly, because um, cause he, he packs about four hours of content into just over an hour, so really try and listen to what he says re-listen to it if you have to I'm not saying that just for the listens or whatever because this guy Ari Ashlin he is deep he knows his stuff so listen when he talks um hit us up on the TikTok uh the Twitter Instagram Podbean anywhere where podcasts are served Apple Podcasts go on there Nuclear Medicine Men like and subscribe um give us a five star review why not like i say you're a good human being i'm a good human being so yeah just support you know i'm not asking for money you know you don't have you you know don't give me any money i'm not asking for any uh yeah just hit us a like or something i'll do cheers guys enjoy this episode goodbye good boy been um i've been going through your for your website and for your youtube i just watched your your video actually on jesus christ oh nice you walk around that, yeah that was a I, I like that it's really simple like simplistic videos the, thank you yeah I, the the whole jesus thing just blows my mind i'm just like oh yeah it can it's nothing we could ignore in our lifetimes is it <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah it's just like it's so it's some it's a name that everybody knows exactly but nobody nobody knows anything about <laughs> yeah jesus Moses. it's the same old people yeah it blows my mind man blows my mind so uh, here's one thing that i heard you talking about on um on greg carwood's podcast right. Um, quite a while ago and as soon as you said it I was like whoa it just again it just blew my mind <laughs> everything mm. you say seems to blow my mind That's just like a, a simpleton mind but the um, 1812 the Tunguska event yeah I what, like, what is going on there because that I just don't understand that yeah it's like um well yeah are we recording now should i get start just getting into it <laughs> yeah man yeah let's just get into the meat of it bro sweet so like the what i've discovered was um and this wasn't like my discovery at all uh, eventually i found the mud flood topic like what's mud flood and and while nobody yeah. really has like a coherent final word on what it is everyone agrees that it's something that happened in the 19th century and since then uh pretty much the world history has been reset. Somebody was in a chance, an opportunity to, to put things back the way they wanted, you know, and tell us who mm. we all are and all that kind of stuff. So it turns out this one giant event, starting with the World War of 1812, which is what it was. It was involving all the continents on the world, and um, 
and it just like according to official history just went out without a without a bang like napoleon loses in russia and just again the, the french just give up and wander home and and lose you know some six hundred thousand of their soldiers mm-hmm. and and the significance significance of this war is completely lost because it's split into two separate wars atrian 12 in america and 1812 in um <clears throat> europe and asia and and um and then right after this event we have this alleged mud flood event something that's just so catastrophic that it potentially caused like 75 percent of life on earth to just die off and uh bury towns and cities up to 10 15 feet in mud in such a way that could not be reproduced in any other um any other fashion for example liquefaction of the uh ground would make uh, buildings tilt like the tower of pisa tilted but these mm. buildings either fell straight directly into the ground on their slabs or more realistically they're covered up in mud and mud is different from just huge rainstorms because the mud stays you know we don't really see that much in regular rain uh dirt always washes off the highest parts of the buildings but after mm. the mud flood event we got locations all over the world especially in this eastern europe where the mud has reached the top of the buildings uh, where they climbed up slabs of rock ways that mud and, and trees have a very hard time doing. Uh, biggest example is the pyramids, uh, Pyramid of Giza, and right next to it, the Sphinx. When they were all discovered in the 19th century, they were covered up th- with sand. The Sphinx was buried up until his neck, and they had to ex- excavate the whole thing. So, yeah, something really interesting happened in the 19th century uh, that collectively is known as the mud flood event. And, um, and it seems that in this period, the most changes happened. We had these crazy... Um, uh, like uh, planet-wide events, like the Tunguska event that you mentioned, mm. um, that occurred in the 20th century at the beginning of the 20th century. Um, <clears throat> but the dates aren't clear. Some people say 1908, some say 1912. And um, mm. and after after these events, um, we basically experience long chronic periods of unprecedented blackout. For example, here in America, we got the Dust Bowl. Everyone's learned about the Dust Bowl, but we don't know why it happened all of a sudden in the 19th century. We were told that we cut down a lot of trees. But I can't imagine that we could cut down trees fast enough to cause that kind of an event. I mean, the Dust Bowl caused blackouts throughout America that lasted over 30 days. You would not see the sun, and it's completely dark. So this is like serious like reorganization of, of Earth material on the surface. Yeah. And uh, I suppose the, the biggest question, of course, is can we trust any of these dates after after 1812, um, it, seem, it seems like the Tunguska event um, matched up exactly with the kind of thing we're looking for in the 19th century, but occurred in the 20th century. Could it have been lied about? There's a lot of reasons that we that we can think that the date might have been re- moved. One of the reasons is it had no deaths. The Tunguska event was you know, a catastrophic event where the, the sky ripped open in two and uh, the, the trees and the plants just caught on fire. And if you were and under it, you would catch on fire too. Uh, the narration or the the, um, the narratives of the events mostly um, cover people trying to rip their clothes off in a, a frantic, you know, attempt to to put out the heat. So oh. such an event like that probably did cause a lot of deaths. You know, considering it last, it went over spans of thousands of miles, destroyed th- destroyed thousands of miles of trees. None of this is in dispute. That's where all the pictures are showing. Mm. And um, the only question left is, you know, when did it happen? Um, <clears throat> It seems that when it comes to Russian Siberian history, um, what we have is uh, 
that location seemed to be the origin of almost all world history, all, all of the religious history, the Crusades, you name it. Every single event somehow involves the East, either by the name of Genghis Khan or, um, uh, you know, other term, other forms of the word Russia, like PRS or uh, like Belarus, White Russia. All these countries mm. all link all, all uh, link back to one giant Russian kingdom that spanned not just the region but the whole world. And has been sort of erased from our history. So that's the Tatarian Empire. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard about that one, right? Oh yeah, that's the buzzword. That's the word we like. Yep, yep. We oh, got this yeah. huge empire that basically spanned from Siberia to Europe, and made its um, left its mark in a way that is very distinguishable now today. If you look um, at the region of, say, Crimea, where um, where uh, the Russians say that's where uh, Mother Mary died. Uh, other, also known as Catherine, and, um, and it's where Jesus was born, in Crimea, mm. according to the Russians. Um, of course, the Westerners say that it all happened in Palestine. But even P- the Palestinians will insist that none of that Jesus story was in their region. That location was never Jerusalem and actually has its own history as Al-Aqsa Mosque in Palestine. So the Palestinians themselves will tell you that's not the history. And the Russians will say all of that Jesus stuff you heard about the New Testament and um, Three Wise Men, all of that stuff is actually just redacted from their official history, the first czar of their empire, who was Andronicus Christ. And that's as close as we got to, to knowing what his real name is, because that's a Latinized version of his name. Uh, he may have been called Andre, which is kind of funny, you know, Andre the Giant, because he, yeah, yeah. Because he, was, he was a giant, for sure. He, um, and when they crucified him, it was just an attempt to, uh, to downplay his growing popularity with the normal-sized people. Mm. So... Um, yeah, so maybe I should get to the beginning of that timeline because uh, it is very fascinating. Like you said earlier, like the Jesus story seems to be at the very center of all religion, even yeah. Eastern religion like Buddhism and Taoism. It, it all seems to trace back to Christianity, even mm. though Christianity allegedly only sprung out in the 11th century. So uh, this is something that really fascinates me. And I, I, I think, although I don't give a shit about anyone else's opinion, I'm sure you don't either, but I mean, that could be catastrophic for Christians. If you think of in the terms of the biblical narrative of the giants, you know, the fallen angels coming down and and saying that that Jesus was technically a Nephilim. (laughs) I'm sure sure that would scramble their brains. But yeah, if you could go. I I, I try to talk to Christians about this stuff and I hit the blocks and that's what they are. Um, Mm. Western Christians, Protestants and Catholics will insist that yeah maybe i have a point about this and that and literature and eastern but 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 jesus is the lord and the son of god and that's that that's where they yeah. stop at and fortunately i know why they're saying that it's because before christianity ever happened you had monotheism the belief that there was one creator of the universe saturn the planet and it has goes by all kinds of names like elohim and uh mm. and technically there it is accurate that Saturn was involved in the creation of Earth, but the um, monotheists, of course, worship Saturn as an um, intelligent god that created the universe itself, not just our solar system, and follow these alleged Ten Commandments. The first commandment says, you should not have any other gods before me. So right away, the monotheists are not allowed to talk about the other planets that showed up, like Zeus and Mars, you know, Jupiter, and the... uh, And they have to constantly say that their invisible god, Saturn, the one that's no longer visible, is actually still the most prominent and that they'll never honor any other gods before them. Mm -hmm. So what happened with the Christianity story 
um, in Istanbul. He basically had monotheists trying to spread their religion um, at a time after the great cataclysm of, of the earth. And we'll get to the whole timeline. You know, uh, timeline starts with golden age. Golden age lasts about 900 years. Then we have about 2,000 years of dark ages. And after the dark ages uh, ends, the solar system stabilizes into what we have today. The sun comes out and drives away all the other planet gods and essentially have the um, the roots of Christianity, which is more or less a farming religion, but didn't have a central figure yet. It just had seasons and following the um, the, the the nature of the planet itself, uh, naming the the um, the months of the year based on the nature of each month and mm. yep, and honoring all the gods, all um, seven of them in all the days of the week, not putting one in front of the other or anything like that. Saturday is not in front of Sunday. They're both pretty much equal now. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. it's at a time when humans were starting to create an indigenous religion all over the world, separate without talking to each other. The monotheists, the ones who have been maintaining the faith of Saturn since the Golden Age, which they, you know, it makes sense for them to do that. Gold, Saturn used to be visible in the Golden Age. And for all intents and purposes, the plasma um, effects that were occurring between Saturn, Mars, and Venus at that time as far as I can tell, are what spawned all the life on Earth. You got mm. these plasma plasma figures in the sky that are taking various shapes that look exactly like animals on Earth. You got the human shape, the first man with arms and legs and a head. Sometimes there's like a duck head, sometimes there's six arms, but the point is that a human um, shape is a natural, perfect plasma figure that appeared on the sky as all this energy was trying to play out. And yeah. what, what my theory is, is that as a result of the scalar energies at the time, the, the 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 larger shapes, like the first man, Adam, was able to create smaller figures. Uh, golems is the best term that I can think of, and these are uh, creatures that form out of mud and clay and have almost no features. You know, they don't have fingers or, or anything like that, but but they are alive. The, so the very first men, the first uh, animals and so forth, may have been created directly out of this plasma. And that's where the Bible says that God created all the animals and all the humans and the order that they created it, you know, they, they got it right. It just, it wasn't a, a sentient God. It was completely natural. This is just how life, you know, spawns every time a solar system is, is recreated. So jumping ahead from there, um, the, the golden age, the dark age, all that stuff is very, is very speculative. If you want to look more on that, you want to check out uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky. He's a great, um, he's a great uh, author on that. And then more um, into modern times, uh, Wallace Thornhill, he's my favorite uh, oh, yeah. source source for anything involving the electric universe, the formation of solar systems. Just so you guys have a reference point for all this stuff I'm telling about. Um, yeah. when, once I heard his speeches, I was really convinced that this early plasma played a role in actually creating life itself. You know that that life yeah. doesn't form from DNA or or aliens or anything like that. It's just totally natural. Yeah. So yeah, going ahead. Um, so after the golden age, after the dark age into the modern age when everything's stabilizing all the humans are creating religions and the monotheists are sort of saying no we already have religion we want all of you on earth to follow it and they're in istanbul that's when um that's they start spreading out from that region and trying to um evangelize anyone they can find um the hardest people to convert are the easterners because they're large large sized humans you know two three five times larger than you and me and in the west in europe you actually had very small sized humans. They don't see them much today. It is in the French bloodline that the French had uh, dwarfs in their history. 
Um, I don't know what the, the, the I don't know what the right word is these days. Every time I say a word like that, someone tells me it's the wrong word. It's not oh, PC we don't anymore. Care about, yeah, we don't yeah. Care political correctness. But, Fuck all but, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with being small or large. It's totally natural. We had humans of all sizes throughout antiquity, and it's just part of our nature. It wasn't until 19th century communism that people started wiping out people that were too large and too small. Um, that's beside the point. So, the uh, the revolution of Christianity which I found to be real interesting because as soon as I was reading Fomenko's version, the Russian version of what happened, the whole new Testament suddenly made a lot of sense to me. Like every last little detail that is quite otherwise contradictory, like, I don't know, mother Mary being forced out of a, of a hotel to give birth in a stable. That is very weird. There's no reason. That's just like a big question mark. Like, why did that happen? And it's like, Oh, because, because she's experiencing prejudice and she was from that, from that region. Okay. Question number two. Why was Mother Mary traveling for a census while she was pregnant? We've never heard yeah. of anything like that before in history. It was with the Romans so bad and scary that they forced women to do that, and then they got stuck and had to give birth on the street. It's just, the story doesn't make any sense. But when I, find, when I finally heard the other version of the story, um, Fumiko just spells all this stuff out, like, uh, you know, Holy Grail, where'd that come from? Uh, Holy Spear, Spear of Destiny, where'd that come from? You know, the, the official versions of the story uh, don't satisfy. We don't know where the Holy Grail came from, according to Western literature, at all. You have to follow, say, stuff like the Da Vinci Code, which largely speculates that the Holy Grail might have been a metaphor for Mother Mary herself or something. And it's just really disappointing. Whereas on the East, we have this real story. It's just, that's what happens. Um, you had this giant who was running away from a census, you know, the opposite, because a census is bad. Anyone that knows anything about them knows that the government collects all this data on us just so that they can population control and other things it, yeah. um, the same was true in the roman times or whatever you want to call them uh, a lot of people realize that the roman empire never existed it's just a big redaction of all these other empires but uh, for all sense intents and purposes the the government of the time was essentially doing a census only for the purposes of finding all the giants so they can plan a genocide so they can just go out there and find they, like, they know there's five left in this region. We're going to stay in this region until we get them, you know, et cetera. So it's yeah. systematic elimination of giants, which is why all of the castles in Europe were created. Castles are not useful for warfare. Uh, they're easily um, sieged, and supplies are cut off, and after about a week or so, you know, the castle goes starving and has disease. So mm. castles don't, don't work for humans. They're a terrible idea, but they are very effective for fighting giants. The only reason that they've ever been built so humans can get up there in those little holes and just fire arrows and drop all that you know, molten stuff on them and and essentially stake out a regional um uh, a regional uh, security force just yeah. like we do today with uh with army bases throughout europe and, and um where do we put these bases we, we contain countries with them right with russia we put all these army bases all throughout the uh, the baltic states and all these independent states that broke away in the 90s why do we do that because we're so Peace-loving? No. America does that to contain Russia so that we could prepare for yet another war. Every single war that's ever been fought has either been fought by Russia or against it. So back here, you got this, this first war, the, the very first war, the, reason that, the first reason that anyone ever wanted to go to war or, or, was, or anyone had the ability to rally anyone into it, and that's the Crusades. So what were the Crusades? Um, again, the, the Easterners explain it very simply. Crusades happened in the 12th century, which is the same time that Jesus was alive. And if you want to go with the Western version, you have to accept that there was a thousand-year gap between when Jesus was crucified and when random Easterners decide to uh, 
wage interventions against Europe crusades in revenge for this crucifixion. So the Eastern, Eastern version clears this all up. It wasn't a thousand years later. It was the same years. And the crusaders, they reached Istanbul. This is also known as the Trojan War. They breached the walls. It wasn't by any magic horse or anything like that. It was by the fact that Istanbul's population was was uh, emotionally and physically devastated by this by this siege that was happening. Uh, I jumped ahead, actually. Let me uh, get to why it's happening. So, yeah. um, so Christ shows up in Istanbul as a giant. Oh wow! I totally missed. I totally jumped ahead too far. Okay, so Mother Mary was escaping the census, and she got as far as Crimea, where a bunch of humans captured her because they were just wiping out the giants. And the only difference here is that they took pity on this woman. She was pregnant. Um, she was crying, and and the the local villagers basically said, "Hey, let, let's not kill this one. You know, she's not a threat to us. They're not going to do anything to us." And the Istanbul people said, um, uh, sorry, we can't let this guy um, live because he's full of these Eastern pagan religions and he's just going to fight us someday. So the uh, Crimea people said, hey, let's baptize him. Let's convert him into our religion. I mean, he's, he can speak and stuff. We can train him to be one of us. So that's the whole reason that the Christ story was significant at all was because in this moment, the Westerners tried to convert one Eastern giant into their religion in hopes that that Eastern giant would go back to um, Tataria and convert more and try, try to get all of them in line. Um, this is what the Jesuits did later throughout the world. It's a very effective plan. There's no reason for anyone to assume that it would fail. It was, it was actually working out just fine. Christ learns in Istanbul, Jerusalem number one, all of the stuff that the monotheists want him to believe about the creator Saturn, about the need to control food and, and finances to keep the, the sheeple in line, essentially. It's all in the Old Testament. And it's it's written in days in the dark ages when life was so bleak on earth that the monotheists easily found themselves in charge, building pyramids and enslaving people just because there was so little uh, to go around, little food and, and mm. there's so much want. So they took advantage of this for so many years until their empire fell apart. And in modern times, they couldn't really convince anyone to do this. It's really unpopular, just like it's unpopular today. And so Christ rebelled. He said stuff like, you guys think this is a holy place for our father, God, and yet you guys are changing money here. And he threw the, the changing tables down. And all that story is basically results, not because he was a giant or because he was special or anything like that. It was because he was also raised by his mother, and she was raised by Eastern pagan religions, polytheism. So as she's raising this kid, and all of the, human, the smaller-sized humans are also trying to convert him, He's received both religions. And for, before he starts to actively rebel against the Istanbul uh, monotheist um, priests, he starts giving sermons. He just starts saying, hey, here's what I think is going on here. And here's what my mother thinks. Um, a lot of the Easterners, again, think that most Christianity came from Mother Mary, not from Jesus, but by from her sermons, the, the books that were cut out of the Protestant and Catholic Bible later that were not canonized. I mean, there's a reason for that. It's because they hate Mother Mary. Um, they call it, they call her the virgin, the the um, the whore, all kinds of stuff because they didn't know who the father was. Um, they captured a giant. There, were, there was no father around, and so they said, "Oh, she must have been a prostitute." You know, they're, they're just all attacking her. It took a long time for anyone to suggest that maybe the reason why they, there was no father around was because Christ was a, a son of a deity, God. So that, let me show where, show where that came from. Essentially, Istanbul priests did not know what to do with this rebellious giant. Who's about to ruin everything? 
um, he was he was creating sermons and he was having follow, followings of smaller humans. So they they decided to crucify him to invite him back to um, you know first they chased his family out all that's true then they invited him back as a trap um, to celebrate Passover which is a world religion everyone remembers the passing over of Venus that ended the the pyramidal Egyptian Empire and freed all the slaves. Um, the slave masters remember it as the Exodus because they had to leave, mm. but was no was no Exodus to the rest of us. We were all just freed on that day, so everyone celebrates Passover. But um, but it, but the monotheists planned um, a trap. First of all, they knew that. First of all, they keep track of the calendars. They're all about math and sciences, and the uh, the orbit of the Earth was slowing down and stabilizing, and they're starting to be able to predict things like solar eclipses. So they planned a solar eclipse date for the crucifixion. And um, they invite him over, and, and they captured him. And you can see by all all the versions of the story that Christ was willing to go through the procedure. He had understood that he had pissed off the monotheist God that he was supposed to be loyal to, and he had to repent for it. They told him that. So he carried his own cross. He went up um, to the hill, and they crucified three people. Um, one of them was a thief. And then it was Christ, and then the last one was a murderer, I believe. Uh, they're put in 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 a different height orders to signify that one crime is worse than the other, and that calling yourself the Son of God is bad enough to be crucified, but not as bad as murder. They're just trying to make all kinds of points about it. On top mm-hmm. of the cross were four letters um, in um, in Cyrillic, which you have to wonder how um, the Roman Empire even has anything to do with this, because the Roman Empire is all Latin, and you don't see much Latin in the story. You see a bunch of Cyrillic. And the, on top of the, the uh, crucifixion, it said, uh, Jesus Christ, King of the Jews, uh, Rex of the Jews, what, whatever the, the Latin word is in Cyrillic. And so what, what they're saying was, um, it, they weren't saying this guy had started a revolution. They weren't saying there, there's anything wrong with their religion. They actually pat- chose the simple path of uh, least resistance, uh, suggesting that if... If Christ is causing such an uproar in their religions, then that must mean, according to the Old Testament, that he is that next savior that they're all looking for. And who are the last saviors? Every time a planet intervened. The first planet that intervened was Jupiter. Uh, when, when Saturn was gobbling up all of its creation planets, Jupiter intervened. That's in Greek uh, mythology. Later on, Jupiter was causing problems and Mars intervened. Then later on, Mars was causing problems and the sun intervened. Um, finally, when the sun did that, it stabilized everything. So people saw the sun planet as the as the savior, the, the most recent savior. Um, and so anyone that was suggesting that Christ would declare himself to be the next savior was obviously overlooking the the fact that all of the previous ones were planets. There was not going to be a human savior coming. So this, that's a big misunderstanding that wasn't um, done by by simply misreading literature this was done on purpose they wanted to shut down his rebellion they didn't know what to do about it and this was simply a trick that would work trust me i know because i've been banned from websites where they can't tell <laughs> like uh, not not just like you know modern day but way back in, in the early 2000s when they couldn't really give me a reason why they're banning me and we'll get into it but instead they just told everyone else something else entirely and it just worked really well and had to deal with it for years, and everyone's like, well, you should have done that, you know? It's just like the Jan 6 thing, you know? You try to talk to Democrat these days, and they're like, you should have, you should have tried insurrection, you know? So yeah. this kind of this kind of uh, narrative just works so well, and that's all the they're trying to do there by calling him the son of God. He never called himself that. And unfortunately, by calling him that, this whole thing backfired on, on the uh, Istanbul priest. 
majorly backfired. Yeah. First of all, people felt a lot of compassion for him. They weren't really convinced that this crucified giant was all that bad. Second of all, he never died on the cross. This is very easy to prove. You can find tons of 19th century uh, uh, authors that suggest the swoon theory, that Christ simply swooned out on the cross and went limp unconscious, and that he was carried down by his own family. They all brought him, they all brought him to a cave to recover. Uh, there's no reason to assume the cave was a burial cave. Nobody uses caves for burial. I mean, nobody in yeah, any that's literature. That, that's just a bad idea. You're going to ruin that cave if you put a dead body in it. And it's not going to, um, it's not going to decompose the way you want. It's going to be the worst kind. So don't get into that. The, um, they, they brought Christ into a cave to recover, and they brought him out of it in three days. Nobody saw him leave. And for some reason, they, uh, the, mono, uh, the, uh, the Westerners, the Protestants, the Catholics will insist to this day that in that moment he rose up to heaven even though there's no, um, there's no witnesses at all in the story. Mm. It's just we're going to believe it anyway. So wh- yeah. where does this, this translate to reality? Yeah. So where does it translate to reality? Essentially, Christ had already started a rebellion in Tataria, in that region. Those guys, uh, those, that's, that's his giant family. It's where he came from. They heard all about these small humans in Istanbul and their, and their horrible crucifixion events where they, they put a giant on a cross and they poked him with sticks and they tried to convince the little people that he is not a god. You don't have to follow giants anymore. Giants aren't going to be in charge of this planet. And, um, well, for the longest time, giants were essentially the leadership cast of our race. And the simplest way to prove that is all of the Bibles, all of the religion. For hundreds of years, we're all written in giant-sized books. You can find endless pictures of giant-sized books with beautiful handwriting because books started by giants. It took a long time for books to be um, available to normal-sized humans. We didn't have resources until literally 15th century mass publication technology came out. And the only reason that we even mass publicized a book in the 15th century was because it was the Gutenberg Bible, the Latin retranslation of all of these stories into, into uh, the Western version, where everything is mythical and Jesus is the Son of God and, um, and everything's magical, essentially. So um, yeah. this is entirely uh, an info war, you know, back when the first books are being written, because giants can't copy their books and they can't spread them. But the, uh, the, the English Protestants were figuring that out very quickly, how to build that technology. So, um, as I said, the crucifixion backfired. It caused um, the people to basically not be convinced that, that Christ had done anything wrong, and they wanted to continue following his pagan religion. Um, but there was such a separation by the violence of the crucifixion that the smaller humans were afraid to interact with giants, and the giants didn't trust smaller humans anymore because they were afraid they're just going to capture them again at the first chance. So, yeah. you know, violence always works to separate communities. This is something the deep state has always known as practiced throughout history. So, um, instead of a pluralistic religion forming at that moment, um, the giants were inflamed by the crucifixion, and they planned the a crusade. And it was only took them ten years to reach Istanbul and to breach its walls. Um, the first uh, crusade actually happened, was the one written down as the fourth one, I believe, the Children's Crusade in history. Though if you try to look up a, a list of crusades, you'll find that it's a really vague definition. It's hard to know what a crusade is, when they happened. A lot of scholars disagree on, on you know, the starting, stopping, and the reason, and if they qualify at all. So yeah. I'll break it down real, real simple. The crusades were, were an event that happened in, as, as a um retribution for the crucifixion a revenge crusade and um what it did was 
it convinced the giants to actually start um, forming an army, a military that would then go to war. This has never happened before, not with human race. We, we don't act that way, and neither do the giants. They just know that this would be bad, but it was the crucifixion was just so provocative that they just they fell, fell for it anyway. So which ones did? Well, not all of them. The older giants, which they last up to 200, 300 years or more, were way too smart to fall for anything like this. The younger giants, 40, 50 years old, about our age, actually, were still very um, youthful at that age. Um, and, and they're very uh, easy to spurn into uh, emotion. So what that crusade is called is called the Children's Crusade. It's something that Western historians, again, do not understand. How could there have been a Children's Crusade? Why would they all just a bunch of children go off into yeah. the, the opposite direction, into Eastern Europe, get captured by a bunch of Muslims and enslaved? That story makes yeah. no sense. Well, let's look at it with giants. The First Crusade created the first army. The first army was known as an infantry. Why infantry? Because oh, these were the younger shit. giants. See? Yeah. It all just yeah. lines up. It all just lines up. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty amazing, that. huh? Yeah, that's crazy. The people that know, no. I mean, I saw this joke on, uh, on The Office in season seven, I think. And I mean, those oh, guys yeah. know. They know the history of the world. So, um, so <laughs> it's up to us to, to piece this together. The puzzle's available, you know? We can, we can do it. So um, I know I'm not doing it totally correctly, but just a few things I figured out, I think, are just amazing. Oh, so man, you've blown my mind. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, the story is, uh, I just love the story because unlike Western history, these stories have lessons in them. So many lessons, like they yeah. relate to modern times and everything that they hid this history from us. They also hid our lessons today, how we're supposed to act times of war and plague and in upheaval. So these lessons have it all right there. Um, so <clears throat> next thing that happens is the infantry crusade takes out Istanbul. The Trojan horse was really just the people getting demoralized and opening the gates to the giants and saying, we don't want to fight you at all. We love you guys, actually. And it's our slave whip- or it's our whipping masters that are, that are forcing us to do this and so forth. So when Istanbul was taken over, the giants punished the, um, the crucifiers of Christ. And Christ was involved in that war. He was, a, he was fighting in it. Um, in the Trojan army, in the Trojan war narrative, um, the, you definitely have giants. Um, Achilles is known to be a giant of men, mm. and he's defined as uh, from the race of Mars, the race of Ares. It says so right there in the Iliad that Achilles was a giant of the race of Mars. Mars in literature is a place where giants come from. Every redacted story you've ever heard of giants, like Jack and the Beanstalk, has to do yeah. with crossing some kind of magic bridge up into planet Mars, finding giant kingdoms up there, and so forth. So... <clears throat> Um, the crusade was successful. The, the, um, the uh, giants not just um, imposed uh, retribution, but they, they sort of defeated monotheism. They said, you guys are never going to practice this again. Um, instead, we're going to create a new religion, Christianity, and um, you guys are going to do things our way from now on. Um, now, this did not work out. The people in that very early stages of our history trying to come up with a government of the people, how to represent that. And we can see the, the, the conflict of this moment in all of the redacted stories. This story was redacted as uh, Alexander the Great, for example. Mm. Um, Alexander, um, he died around 33, right? It's about the same time. His story essentially starts where the crucifixion ends. Um, Alexander is Christ with his following, traveling from region to region, founding Alexandrias. Not, because, not through warfare, usually not through warfare, 
mostly through just saying, here's the story. Here's what happened to Istanbul. Can you believe it? And you guys are either on our side or their side, which is going to be. So most people just fell into the Christian empire in the 12th century as it started to expand throughout Eastern Europe. And some people resisted. And you hear stories of like 600 and all these people that were able to resist the crusaders from, from entering their lands. So the, uh, the Christian empire, um, at, at its heart, they could not resolve how to govern. Uh, in the Alexander story, um, they're all fighting over whether or not they should be a global federalist government um, where everyone on earth is equal, or if the lands that they have conquered should remain theirs. Um, if they conquered a region like India, some of the, the uh, Alexander's people want to, to stay there and own it forever. They said, these are our slaves. They're not going to get any rights. We're not teaching them no language or anything. While other people like Alexander said, no, we're going to teach them education. We're going to free them from themselves. And so there's a conflict there that could not be resolved. And as a result of that, Alexander um, died with his, um, with his heir in dispute. That No one was really sure who his heir was. Another redaction of the story, um, Julius Caesar. The, the, in, the, in their attempts to found a government in the middle of the Roman Empire, which was redacted directly from the Tatarian Empire, you have these people in a sort of a Senate structure trying to decide between representative government, democracy, and czarist government with Caesar in the center. And they can't, right? The story goes they can't, and they end up killing Caesar. Um, mm. So the, these are essentially metaphors for, um, for uh, different views of the same story. In the East, you had, you had the literature that Fomenko cites, Anatoly Fomenko, um, says, here's how we see it in the East. And then he, said, then he cites another source, and he says, here's how the Catholics see it when they moved all their documents from Istanbul. And then here's another source. Here's how the Protestants saw this battle from far away. And so every story, Alexander, Caesar, uh, Christ, it turns out to be very different. They seem to appear in different locations at different times. Um, so it's not, it wasn't very hard for the deep state to sort of pick and choose the stories they want us to believe from the perspectives they want us to believe and not ever tell us the true story. So yeah, the, the true story is pretty amazing. Um, the Christian empire attempts to spread throughout the world. It creates all this neoclassic architecture, which is why you see um, the, the same kind of buildings throughout Europe, and then also in America, like the White House, and also in um, British Columbia, Australia. You know, it's like, where did all these buildings come from? A, a lot of them were, you know, some people say that they were built during the World Fairs of the 19th century after that mud flood event. But oh, yeah. some other people who've, who follow the mud flood event suggest, wait a sec, these buildings were probably all there from before the mud flood. and these cities were wiped out with, you know, um, all the people in them were wiped out. And then they sort of reset the cities and repopulated them in the 19th century. And they had all these buildings left. So what did they do? They planned a, um, a, uh, a World's Fair in all these locations, France, America. They had everyone come in to those fairs and give them all the documents that they had from before these events. You know, technology, history, you got it. And then after the World's Fair event, they went out and destroyed everything they could find all these old buildings, as much of the literature as they could find. This was part of a great reset of the 19th century. So um, yeah. the only reason why Anatoly Fomenko even has all this Christian literature that goes completely in opposition to what we know is because of the way the, way the 1812 war went down. The 1812 war was <clears throat> the Protestants of Western Europe trying to do a reverse crusade against the um, the Russian Christian empire that they've been resisting, protesting against for so long. Um, they, um, 
they had better technology. They had new language like Latin, French, um, with new letters like um, Z and J. Um, that's why you don't see the word Jesus anywhere in Cyrillic um, languages in the Bibles, because those Easterners could not pronounce the word Jesus. There are several letters there that they did not have. But yeah. the uh, Westerners did have these words, and they had already used the, these um, advanced letters for their savior, Zeus. So Jesus was simply the, the um, just, it's, it's like saying the savior, Jesus. Uh, and it's yeah. implying, yeah. it's implying that, um, that Christ uh, was not just some giant from the East, but that he must have been just a reincarnation of the same savior of the Trinity. Not God, but the other one they tell us about, the son of God. They've been telling us about the son forever. The sun used to be Jupiter, then the sun was Mars, and now the sun is a human, you know? So yeah. that was the, that was the yeah. monotheist influence there. So anyway, 1812 war, the Protestants were finally ready to wipe out the, the Russian Empire, destroy its history, blow up its buildings. Um, some of the events of these uh, later crusades entered the um, Old Testament in the 19th century as ancient events, even though they happened recently. One of the events um, uh, when Jericho um, castle gets knocked down in Jericho um, by trumpets, this is the yeah. kind of technology that was available from the 15th till the 18th century. Sound cannon trumpets, which appear in the Bible uh, as weapons of war held by armies. Descriptions of these sound cannons are uh, the army uh, lights them up and they, the arm of the cannon reaches across the battlefield and grabs the enemy and strikes them down. It's really scary stuff. Nice. And it had in every case in the Bible when it's written, it's written as a um, hand of God. Oh, we're going to use the hand of God today. And the hand struck down our enemies, and it was righteous and blah blah. That's how the Bible is written. It's full of yeah. it's full of wars essentially. So uh, by the 1812 war, you had almost all the technology that we're going to invent. You got sound cannons. You got electric cannons. Um, you got flying ships. Uh, you have all these paintings of Napoleon's army taking giant flying ships into a location, landing, and then deploying their troops all over the place. So I was studying the 1812 war uh, for the last few years, just trying to figure out if it's the geopolitical event that could have caused something as catastrophic as a mud flood or a Great Reset. Because clearly that's not something anyone wanted to happen. Um, and, and I decided that it has to be that something went really wrong in that 1812 war, that the whole war was a deep state's plan, everything was going just fine, but then something just went really wrong, and they had to sort of reset, wiping out the French armies, wiping out the Russians, all of their allies, and then putting the British in charge of all of those French um, uh, colonies all over the world that the Jesuits had set up. And suddenly in the 19th century, you have this British Empire. I mean, there's yeah. no way that the British Empire came into existence on its own. They didn't have yeah. the technology, the, the manpower of Tiny Island. They didn't have the willpower. And they took over places like South Africa. It's way out of their reach. You have to wonder how. The answer is because they took it all over from the Jesuits, from the French who lost 1812. The deep state no longer trusted the French. And let me tell you why. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that happened with the, um, the plan to go to war with the East was the French Revolution. Uh, why? Because the French Revolution was the moment that the French said, whoa, we see what you priests are up to. You're going to replace all of us French people with Africans from the colonies. You're going to give them citizenship. You're going to put them in the army. And we're all going to go to war with Russia. That's your plan. Um, the French people were, were well aware that not only could they not trust the, uh, the aristocracy, 
in the region, but that, that aristocracy had been actively trying to sell them out to a point that they knew they were going to be wiped out in the future. This isn't so different from how Americans feel today. We, we pretty much feel yeah. that our government is trying to replace us with immigrants. And why? Because we, we replaced the, the Native Americans so many years ago, right? And that's how it is or something, right? It's nonsense. Mm. Uh, they're trying to get rid of our sense of sovereignty. That's exactly what happened in the French Revolution. The, uh, the French, um, <clears throat> the religious class who called themselves the Council of Ancients, they insisted that um, these uh, plans would go forth. What plan? Rex Bellator. If you look up Rex Bellator, or that's Latin for warrior king, you'll find out that in Spain, in the 17th century, there was a plan to unify all religions of the world under one warrior king, and that this plan required um, unifying the military orders of each religion and placing at its head a widowed or single warrior king. Now, widowed or single, that's very significant here. They don't want anyone who's married to essentially run the world that they're going to create here in a second. And for this reason, it seems to me that every single warrior king that they have chosen for this war, first one being Napoleon, uh, second one being Hitler, the third one being Zelensky, and I might have missed a couple others, but um, every single one of them had women problems. Uh, Napoleon had a wife that wouldn't give him kids. Hitler had a wife that wouldn't marry him until after the war broke up, broke out, and she shot herself in the chest because Eva Brown did not want to marry Hitler, so she shot herself. And the, and the Germans said, oh, she's just being emotional. She wants attention. They forced her to marry Hitler anyway. So that, that's a problem. The person in charge of the Nazi revolution has no woman at his side, you know? No one to yeah. tell him, hey, this is bad. Don't do this, you know? So yeah. Rex Bellator plan is, is a very real plan, and they've been trying to, uh, to push it um, over and over in order to create this reverse crusade to attack Russia. Why, why did this history repeat like this? Because every single time they went to war, it failed. The First war, World War, 1812, Napoleon completely fails in Russia, loses 600,000 people in, in retreats. Uh, World War I, um, e- Europe is uh, rallied together into a bunch of uh, uh, alliances, and, um, and they all attack Russia. Russia loses uh, almost a million people and a great deal of its land, but it manages to survive. World War II, Hitler uh, writes his plan book, right? My plan. We're going to attack Russia because they're going to attack us first if we don't. And, and the Germans, of course, they hated him. They didn't trust him at all, so they threw him in jail. And somebody broke Hitler out of jail, stole the elections, just like they're stealing them in America around the world, and forced the Germans into a war that they never wanted. Um, so uh, <clears throat> when Hitler failed in Russia, um, the deep state, they just, they're just like smacking their heads again. They're like, how did we, how did we lose this? We had, the, we had the technology, we had everything, but we failed again. And yeah. so they had no choice to put the plan on ice again and just start the whole thing over 70 years later. That's what we're seeing right now. They got Zelensky. The, their new Rex Bellator, and he's rallied Europe into an, another crusade to take out Russia. And every time we hear about uh, what they're up to, like, like what, are, what are they targeting? We actually hear that they're targeting everything. They have new sanctions against the Russian language itself. They got a sanction against um, Christmas in Russia, which is celebrated in, in uh, January. Um, Ukraine just passed a law banning it from celebration in January. Uh, the Eastern Orthodox Church has been um, ransacked. Many churches have been burned in Ukraine. A lot of the Christians of that region cannot believe that, he, that they're seeing Christians fight Christians. But that's not really what's going on. It's Christians versus Nazis. And when Hitler was, was introducing his version of religion based on Thule Society, Norse religion, 
um, they were they were trying to counter monotheism and and provide people with something completely different but equivalent that, that's going to follow all the same rules. Uh, we are the uh, the white race is going to be in charge of the planet, and we're still going to impose taxes and conscription and everything that the monotheists, their enemies, the Jews, were also doing. So you have to wonder, wait a sec, why would why would the enemies of the Jews go and do all the same things? And the yeah. answer to that is because because this was not a fight between Jews and Christians. This was a fight between Jews and Jews. The monotheists have always been the ones to start the wars. And it turns out, in my opinion, it's very likely that Hitler was Jewish himself. Um, and, I've, I and, have heard that about the Rothschild right. connection. Exactly. So a lot of people will say, no, that's impossible because he did a Holocaust against Jews. Well, hold on a second. The Holocaust wasn't just against Jews. It was against Russian Jews, and that's very significant. The Western Protestant-style Jews actually survived the Holocaust. And there was, there was 300 million... Sorry, that's my daughter over there. Uh, three yeah, three cool, million, yeah, three million more uh, Jews in Germany after the World War II ended. And most of the Jews that got taken out in the Holocaust were taken out in Eastern Europe, um, not mm. just in, in the 40s, 30s, but in, yeah, sorry, 40s, but in the 20s, too, in the Holodomor in Ukraine. The Ukraine Holodomor saw something like 10 million people wiped out, including many Yiddish-style Jews, Russian-style Jews, who still held on to their old memory of the Russian Empire, um, where essentially all the Jews came from. Uh, why, did, why did the Jews come from Russia? Well, at some point, the uh, Russian Empire, which was supposed to be uh, based on Christ was taken over by the monotheists. In the 15th century, most Russians believed that foreigners were running their, their court and had control of their king. And how did they do this? Well, the priests had been telling everyone for 300 years that this Christ character that changed so much, he is so special, he's so amazing, that he must have come from the King David bloodline. You know, that he didn't just come from an Eastern... Uh, barbarian bloodline, like everyone thinks, but that he actually traces back to King David and Abraham and stuff like that. And yeah. for that one reason, because because they're able to convince the Russians of this one thing, they're able to merge all of monotheism in there with all of Christianity, which is why today modern Christians believe in the New Testament and the Old Testament, including all of that crazy stuff about you know how how usury is how you're allowed to charge taxes and control the food supply and do kashrut against people, and you can control breeding practices and you can um you can cut on genitalia of infants all that shit suddenly gets absorbed into christianity when they had been resisting it for so many hundreds of years today yeah. if you talk to a christian about it if you try to if you say, try to sell a christian hey you're actually a jew you believe all of the same things as jews 100 percent of the same literature and literally there's no way to define you separately from jews except for that the jews have essentially rejected the savior you know and the savior yeah. myth is so convoluted like you heard me explain that um oh, it was a redaction of monotheism that this isn't even a question that christians should be worried about whether or not christ was son of god or not that is not neither here nor there they should just worry about the things he said and did because it's it's the actual story that that contains all lessons if you're just waiting for a savior um if you're if you don't really understand christianity and you're just like waiting for jesus to show up again with a flaming sword and just conquer all the enemies then unfortunately you might be um you might be preparing for the monotheist plan for the world there's always been the same plan that the world is going to be destroyed by god and recreated by god and that there ain't nothing we can do about it except uh you know, prepare for that event and that hopefully we're the chosen people 
like I said, is one of the difference, right? The Jews believe that they are still the chosen people, and the Christians yeah. believe that no one's chosen. But honestly, there's almost no difference anymore. It's like the Judaism, yeah. Islam, um, Christianity all have almost exact same history. Um, just certain books are not canonized. And then finally, Buddhism is almost the, almost the same Christian, uh, religion as Christianity too. The only difference with Buddhism is the, um, the Jesuits, when they finally made it to Sri Lanka, they found the original Christian religion still intact. Um, the Asians still um, remembered what the empire had created 300 years prior. They just had their own version of it. And when the Jesuits said, hey, this Christ figure, the central figure in your religion, is the son of God, the, the Eastern, um, uh, sorry, the Hindus said, uh, sorry, no, we, we don't think so. We know who yeah. Christ is. He is our first czar. He was our first emperor of this region. We know who he is. So, sorry, tell us another one. And the Jesuits had to change their strategy. They said, you know what? Buddha is your central figure. The, um, the most important uh, part, person in the stories, the one that has the most stories to tell. Buddha is mostly based on planet um, Mercury. Mercury had a very interesting um, history where it was up in heaven for a long time, but then dropped down below the other gods and is now sort of with us near the sun. So that's mm. the Buddhist story where, where Buddha was a prince. They came down to the lowest levels and lived a normal life with us. And, you know, um, we have all these lessons from the Buddhas of the world. So the, the, uh, the Jesuits were able to convince the Hindus to start worshiping Buddha as a god. And since the Hindus were so, were so illiterate, um, they didn't really understand their own literature and eventually just started praying to these statues. The Jesuits built all these statues all over Asia of giant Buddhas laying down and standing up and stuff. And it, it, wasn't, until, um, it wasn't until in modern times the Taliban appeared in um, Afghanistan. And in 1999, I'm not sure if you know this because a lot of people didn't hear about it. The Taliban, yeah, the Taliban destroyed two giant Buddha statues in front of the world on video. And they did it in a very provocative way. And because of that 1999 action, we had to do 9-11. Um, we had to, we had to, uh, we had to do the false flag event of 9-11 so that we could get back in there in Africa, sorry, in Afghanistan and sort of uh, rearrange uh, their revolution that they're, they're having around Islam. The revolution was simple. They said, Islam is our source, not Buddhism. We are not going to accept any of these statues and we're going to destroy them all. So that, that's how significant um, the Eastern, um, that's how significant the revolution in Eastern um, Europe was for Christianity. It could not be converted into monotheistic religion at all. And today, the Asians are still polytheistic for the most part. Uh, they, they will not accept that kind of uh, religion. So, yeah. it, so you sort of see that we, um, we in the West, we have no choice but to convert or kill. We can't convince the Easterners to follow our Protestant version of anything. So we have to go to war with them. And right now we're at war with Russia and we're planning a war with China. You know, it was going to be the same yeah. thing with Taiwan. We're, we're just waiting for them to fire the first shot so we can go in and start a war in defense of Taiwan, a long devastating war with China that would, that's in neither of our interests, where America would eventually lose it and China would show up here and start uh, rebuilding and recreating our, our social order based on their credit system. This huge fear, this huge fear that the Americans have had this whole time because there was a plan there. The, the plan is um, when we conquer Eastern Europe, when we conquer the Asians and the Russians, when we finally destroy that revolution that they had, the, the last little remnants of it, 
um, we will finally be able to impose monotheism, monotheism in that region and finally take control of the revolutions we have here at home. Uh, mm. we'll, we'll finally have Christianity under control the way um, the deep state wants. So it all came down to this one war. And I'm sure if you're following the war in Russia, you'll know by now that we have totally lost it. I mean, this thing's over. We're not going to, Ukraine's not going to make any, any more uh, territory. Uh, the Russians might take a lot of territory um, themselves if they, if they feel it's necessary. And the, and the Europeans are completely, their house of cards is falling apart as to trying to explain why we had to do this World War Four at all. And it is number four. This isn't three. This is four. We, you know, this is the fourth time we're attacking Russia and the fourth time we're failing. And I'm, re- I'm really hoping that this time, when this is over, the deep state doesn't have any more cards to play. No, no more resets or anything like that. Knowing that if they did try one more time, they would, um, this whole thing would just be exposed. They would never be able to hide the truth anymore from us or explain these weird things like, like the Grand Canyon and the, the Dust Bowl locations. Like, what is all that? Like, um, the Electric Universe people think that the entire Western United States is lightning scarred. That whole region has just, has just been devastated by lightning scars. They think that happened in the ancient past, and I think that it might have happened in the 1812 war. So if they were to ever try anything like that again, there would just be so much evidence and scarring and damage left over that the deep state would not survive. They would themselves die. Um, the closest analogy to our reality that I have is that is the Matrix movies. I was a big fan of the first three. Yeah. I didn't see the last one, though. In the Matrix movies, you have reset agenda. The, the, um, the, in the second movie, Neo is explained by the architect that they tried to build a perfect world six times, and it failed. And every time they tried a different way, and that, that failed too. And now they're out of ideas. And if this current system fails, if it crashes, then that's it. The humans are going to die, and there's no solutions. And Neo's like, wow, that, okay, so we have to stop fighting. And world peace is the only answer. So that's what's happened here on Earth. We had about six iterations where history has been reset by some devastating war, like 1492, invasion of Europe. That was a reset. And you know, 1812, obviously. Um, but also World War I and II, those were resets. Um, after World War II, we were supposed to be speaking German, you know, all over the planet. Instead, we're speaking this broken English language. Really a terrible language, if you ask me. Um, that wasn't yeah. part of the plan. That's just a backup plan. So here we are, just like in the Matrix. Uh, we're at the sixth iteration. And if the system was to break, the, the deep staters, they would throw their hands up and say, sorry, we don't have any plans after this. This was all we had. We wanted to stay in charge because we knew that if we didn't, there would be this, this big devastating war and it would just take everyone out. Not, not because people want to cause the war, but because the people who are in charge of, you know, of militaries, of private, you know, investigate, uh, sorry, of private security units, of weapons training, uh, trading, of drug trading, tr- human trafficking. These people in this world will always try to trigger that next war in order to stay w- in the position they are. We have so many okay. of them that the deep state can't control them either. And those people, you know, they might have actually just tri- triggered a devastating war anyway. So that's what I'm trying to get to. We're at the very end of all these lessons, of all this history, and that's it. We can't do another reset. We're going to have to go back and start agreeing on all of the histories that we have. Every country has the same shared history. It's not different histories, not different aristocracies. It's not different religions. You know, Islam, Christianity, Judaism are almost entirely identical. And yeah. in the 17th century, they were one religion. There was never more than one um, split in Abrahamic religion back then. It's only been 300 years of this anti-secretism. And, and so I think we're on the verge of simply reuniting it again. I think that Western Christians will have to sort of 
trap their guard a little bit and have to learn a couple things about Jesus that they don't want to know. You know, that he's not an, a flying super human hero or something <laughs> like that. It's just, yeah. you know, we've got to get realistic. And if we don't, then we're making ourselves susceptible to those old evil plans where they line us all into this one apocalypse. They're always telling us about apocalypses. And in the Christians really have to start understanding that apocalypse happened in the past. They're, they already mm-hmm. happens. It's not going to happen in the future unless we let the deep state actually do it to us again, which they will, you know? Yeah. So Christians got to put their apocalypse in the, in the right place. Um, the, um, like the, um, the watchtower society of, uh, of the, um, in the 1920s, um, with the, uh, Jehovah's witnesses, they insisted back then that the apocalypse had already happened. They said that we just saw World War One and Two happen. Nothing could have been more of an apocalypse than the, with those wars. So it's over. We don't we don't have to look forward to the next one because, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Is is where I sort of get stuck on. Is where you you're thinking of these huge timelines, like even if it's only like a couple of hundred years or something like that, like these, these right. long expanses of time. And this is the yep. bit that I get that hung up on a little bit is um, not to say that anything that you've said is wrong, because it makes more sense than right. obviously anything else, is yeah. it feels like a very anti-human agenda carried out by something that isn't human. Because yeah. just classically, humans normally try to fit something, you know, try to create something that's in their timeline so they can see the fruits, you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just no, feels you like... It. Yeah, it just feels yeah. like something is... There's an outside force that's, yeah. that's, that's steering... Like whether here's an, here's another thing that I could sort of like segue into, and I yeah. just wanted to get your thoughts on this because you are one of the most intelligent, sort of like knowing, knowledgeable people on this subject that I've ever spoken to. Um, do you know? Are you familiar with archaics? Um, the, no, the YouTuber not, not guy. Oh no! So he no. so he's got um so he's got theory. He's more. He's, there's yeah. a lot of evidence to sort of like um to go to go with it really but mm. he he thinks that there's a 138 year cycle in which a phoenix phenomenon happens so sometimes something will just be seen in the sky other yeah. times it will cause a cataclysm like a like a mud flood and the next right. one is set to be in 2040 and i haven't i haven't done the reverse calculation yet to see right if it goes all the way back to 1812. But, I mean, it could, but what, yeah. what's, your, what's your thoughts? So, I mean, obviously, so, if you're yeah. not familiar, but... You know, I've, I've actually seen a lot of these predictions. Um, so here's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll warn about. Um, <clears throat> when the Catholic Church has no way of convincing us of their crazy, crazy perspectives, they actually spend a lot of money on controlled opposition groups, which will push a parallel religion that might not seem like it's compatible with Catholicism at all. Uh, an example would be ni- 1990s. You had a whole bunch of punk bands coming out, like Nine Inch Nails and stuff. And yeah. everyone's like, everyone's like, hey, that's so cool, an under, you know, undercurrent, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, nope, that's the Catholic Church, guys. They're sponsoring all of this because they want us to remain parallel with their superficial Trinity religion. And yeah. and we just eat, we just eat it up because we don't know any better. So controlled opposition is the thing to look for. Uh, Flat Earth is the biggest example. Um, anytime you're about to hear any truth about anything, like world history the shape of the planet, hollow earth, then suddenly the flat earthers somehow make it into the conversation. And that's the only news that we hear of, of, of two, mm. like some guy trying to build a rocket and killing himself because um, he believed in flat earth. So yeah. uh, my yeah. point is that 
the uh, parallel religion, controlled opposition religions are all the same. They want us to believe that essentially a god is in charge, and if not, if not God, then something godlike, like time traveling humans or uh, Nephilim that have you know supernatural powers to create uh, planets and people or um, or anything like that, and that we're waiting around for their schedule, for their prophecy, and that things occur on a prophecy timeline. Um, I can tell you that uh, there has never been a prophecy that, that has ever been made that has ever come true. Prophecies are completely false. Uh, and the only reason that anyone ever makes them is because they have to they have to convince their people of their religion that it's worth going to church, to continue to go to church for something. You're, you're doing this for a yeah. real reason. And yeah. so they have to say there's apocalypse coming and there's there's evil everywhere, and the church is the only place safe. So they're, they're essentially lying. And um, when it comes to um, these ancient timelines of, um, of say, Nephilim creators or visiting aliens, um, the only thing I'll say there is when I finally heard the electric universe theory, the one that came out in the 90s, the one that explains plasma and how plasma works, yeah. I understood that um, a kind of a totally different vision of how solar systems are created. It's, it's actually beautiful. It's a lot like a, a bird... Uh, growing up in a nest. Um, eventually, uh, birds get too big, and the parents push them out of the nest. And it's this horrible events where they have to learn to fly and fend for themselves, and it's very dangerous. And so planets go through the exact same thing. First, we're born into a golden age when things are perfect, and the plants grow bigger in size, all this life spawns everywhere and, and spreads. But then it gets too big, the plants get too big, they, they contain too much energy, start to wobble, and they break up the collinear configuration into an unstable uh, dark age uh, configuration. And, and so during all this, these events, you can't have visiting aliens. You can't have influence from anyone else in any other part of the universe because those creatures cannot visit. They cannot elevate their own bodies, energy levels to the, to the high energy state where they could walk around in the golden age without exploding. It, it's, it's simply a matter of... of uh, of, of amplitude and the golden age is a, is a period where there's such energy flowing through the earth that it's death is not possible that if you were to die you simply heal and wake up right away again you don't have to eat you don't have to do anything it's a, com a completely remarkable time and what it tells me is that every solar system that's ever recreated itself goes through this natural process the planets get old and they, they uh, fall to the outer solar system and die and creating an empty solar system that's ripe to be taken over by something new. That's when Saturn, um, a L-type brown dwarf, shows up um, as a result of magnetic forces. It's inevitable. It's always going to happen. And this magnetic force between the, the brown dwarf and the sun, the closest sun, uh, they tug on each other and they connect and they explode. And suddenly all these planets take shape and, and start forming. So, so mm. it's a cycle. And what my point is that it's an uninterruptible cycle. Just like uh, a womb in an animal cannot be messed with. You can't, you can't go into a womb and start changing an embryo. It's, it's, you kill the embryo, it's just impossible. Uh, the womb yeah. is a very safe, essentially sacred place for life to, to create. And that's exactly what we have with a solar system, with, with Earth. That we don't have to worry about visiting aliens, influential deities, um, passing asteroids that hit on occasion. Um, because... Those things never happen. They're not possible. Even an asteroid isn't possible. Um, the whole idea of an asteroid hitting Earth and wiping out the dinosaurs, it never happens. Asteroids do not hit planets unless they're very small. And um, 
and if you look at all of the um, the the, as, the so-called alleged asteroid uh, impact craters on the moon or on Mars or anywhere else, you'll notice that they're all circular, 100% circular, meaning absolutely none yeah. of the asteroids hit at an angle. They all hit at a perfect normal line to the ground. Yeah. Why is that happening? Because those aren't asteroids at all. All those circles were created by lightning. The electric, electric universe people explain it really well, and the um, Sapphire Project people have demo demonstrated all of this stuff in laboratories, recreated it perfectly. So we don't have to worry about whether or not it's true. It's It's been proven in the lab. We just have to look at the test results. Um, yeah. Thunder. And, and the test results are that... Um, is that, that Thunder? Yeah, it is. Yep. Jesus. Right. So yeah, we're, we're essentially in a, in a very safe place on Earth, and nothing's going to happen to the Earth until the Earth dies naturally. It's going to die mm. because it's... Um, because the resources are slowly being drained. Water, for example, hydrogen, slowly being sucked out of the Earth and heading towards Venus. Um, <clears throat> and eventually, the Earth will lose its... its um, kind of like a human, when, when they get old, they get kind of frail, and they're yeah. unable to to, to um, take store fat as well anymore. So that will eventually mm -hmm. happen, and probably like 10,000 years from now, that kind of thing. And the best part is when it's done, this solar system will just start life again. And there won't be any memories of the old, you know, um, civilizations or any of the crazy history that we had. And to me, that's that's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I never liked Isaac Asimov's version of the of the universe, where, like, inevitably some planet gets technology first, and then builds spaceships, and then takes over the galaxy. Like, wow, that that sucks. And, and so <laughs> many, uh, so many sci-fi's have the same story, you know. Like that, the yeah. second Riddick movie had one species wiping out everyone in the galaxy. Like, that—that's a—that's a terrible reality. I wouldn't want to live in that reality, and I think that we're lucky that we don't. Yeah, I think that when it comes to the the whole space travel thing, and yep. the thought about aliens, it's all really anthropomorphized to yeah, like such a massive degree. It's so obvious that you know, like all these aliens, what what they're going to be exactly like us, like absolute sort of like crusaders who just go around just capture everyone. like right. surely not everyone has got that mindset do you know what i mean like it just doesn't make any sense we did mention earlier that there seems to be a, a nefariously evil presence on earth mm -hmm. that ruins things like really badly uh yeah. like like for example world war ii um somehow that presence sponsored hitler and everyone on the world was aligned with hitler here in america we loved hitler we named philadelphia after hitler we gave him supplies, weapons, logistics to go and destroy those Russians. And when he failed, we even were starting to round up Jews in here in America. And when he failed, the deep state put Jews in charge of the world uh, and, and gave them their own country, Israel. So mm. how, how could these Jews possibly trust this deep state that planned to kill them all only a matter of years later? How would they trust them? The answer yeah. is the Jews don't think that the deep state is in charge. They think that God is in charge. And the Old Testament says that God has been punishing the Israelites throughout history. And this is just another version of it. So those aliens managed to convince the Jews and the Christians that that, that force that changes everything on this planet is God, is the creator God of, of Earth. And when, in my opinion, it's just humans. And they all live in places where we don't think humans can live, inside the Earth, like in hollow Earth, definitely down there, and in, on Mars. Because humans have always been on Mars. And there's literature saying that they've they've been visiting since the 15th century, and sometimes their plans are nefarious, but they're not like weird creatures or anything. They're just humans. They might yeah. look different. They, they might have uh, scaly skin because they have 
cold-blooded humans over there, but uh, you know, some people think those rep those reptilians are a different species. No, they can mate with normal humans, and that makes them human too. So, mm, no, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so yeah, it's only possible from a presence like that. Uh, humans on Mars that have no choice but to continue to suck resources from Earth for their own survival, and they mm. will do things to us that are horrible in our our context, but to them, not so horrible because they had no choice in their opinion. Yeah. Well, well I'll tell you what, Ari, this is um this has been absolutely fantastic. You've blown my mind. I didn't expect my mind to be as blown yeah. as it was today uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah man um just before we go yeah. um tell everybody where they can find you i'll put all the the links in the show notes anyway but just uh just give people a bit of a, a part in farewell if you would you bet <clears throat> yep you can check out my website paradigmthreat.net um you can go to the the chronology page the timeline page that's where i'm trying to put together a human history timeline from the first memory till modern day I don't think anyone's done this yet, and um, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny that nobody has done this. Uh, all we have is the Scaligerian timeline, which starts vaguely at the 11th century, and we have the Old Testament for anything before that. So it, yeah, I think it's, it behooves everyone to actually take an interest to, um, to try to reclaim our history, um, not just for us, but you know we all want to pass this on someday. And frankly, I think if you can't explain history to a child, like simple and easy and quickly, in just a matter of words, then we don't have it. History is not something that takes months or, or years of school to learn. It's something that should be easy. It can you just stick in a kid's book. And that's sort of where, where I'm going, I'm trying to make a just a simple, true version of human history that any anyone can understand. So please that's check a it noble out. Task, man. That's a real noble task. And I and I uh, it's it's been an absolute honor and a and a privilege to have spoken to you, good sir. You're um, you're doing God's work and um yeah, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Yeah, take it easy, man. Thank you, brother. Bye, mate. Later. Bye. Did I tell you? Honestly, the guy is next level, man. Next level. His brain works in just different ways, man. Um, thank you for listening. This is an excellent episode. I loved it. I literally just sat. I wound him up, sat back, and I just let him go and he went he packed about four hours of content into one i know i already said that at the beginning but that shit's true he did um so yeah like subscribe five stars come on bruv come on come on come on and uh yeah socials twitter instagram tiktok follow us like all the videos or whatever i don't know do what you gotta do um yeah i'm out so peace enjoy this song by immortal technique great song called nuclear medicine men believe it or not yeah it's cool fuck the country the world is being snatched from under your fingertips and no one got the hop for revolution there ain't no revolution there's a war going on inside, no one is safe from You can never run, hide, or escape from The nature of the beast, with papers laced with deceit I watch the wolves weave the wolf fleece in a nation of sheep What the fuck you think they want? Is it hatred or peace? Who designed the bars of terrorists or made the disease? They made you believe there's no really crazy as me As if I am the polluter who made it too hazy to see Open up your eyes, it's hard, find you lazy asleep 
You eat the bullshit seven days of the week If you can look past your block, you would be raising your peace At the police, instead the beef just stays in the streets And the government still controls the ways we can speak The apples don't fall far from the atheist tree You should cry for the children you breed They gon' bleed, there's a big difference in what we believe I can't breathe It's a spectacular terrorist event Nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions It's a spectacular terrorist event Nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions It's such a hard grind trying to stay divine The problem with the devil is the bitch is so damn fine Spare me your problems, I'm handling mine I drink whiskey, smoke kush, I don't eat swine I travel through time, shifting forms I wear a crown of thorns for the rage and scorn The whole fabric of the universe gets torn And Pharaoh wants blood from all the firstborn You can't stop the coming of the here that's after The suffering and pain underneath the laughter And tell me who's gaining from the pain and sorrow It's up to me, revolution starts tomorrow Run, get your guns, shoot George and his sons We're taking fortunes from all the fortunate ones Straight Robin Hood screaming fuck the law And they plan 9-11, fuck what you saw It's a spectacular terrorist event Nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions It's a spectacular terrorist event Nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board yeah. rules for billions This is the beginning of Theocratic civil war Carving out the country's stomach to eat the liver raw The world is changing, atmosphere rearranging Religion corrupted the image that we were made in America's beauty is skin deep, I'm sorry to say Like the portrait of Dorian Gray You pray to God because the Pascal's wager Not for the savior, and not to correct your behavior Saw you screaming the words when he said the chorus But I don't really think none of y'all are ready for it No food and blackouts of every streetlight Revolution to make Fallujah look like a street fight, no blood for oils, what you scream at the slaughter, but what about blood for air and blood for water, it's sort of the starter, or oh, what the ruckus is, a water check, ill bill, tell them what the fuck it is, it's a spectacular terrorist event, nuclear medicine men, smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head, blood money's the only money there really is, whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions, it's a spectacular terrorist event, nuclear medicine men, smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head, blood money's the only money there really is. Whether you bang on the block or four rooms for billions The newscast, the cast a disaster for television ratings My gap blast the passport to hell the business Satan The government officials twist into a coil of spit venom Brainwashing their children to get oil and just denim They got sleeper cells selling me dutches and BK They'll infiltrate the infrastructure and fuck us on D-Day Get to mandatory beast park hold, stamp the cross your wrist The plot twists till mankind no longer exists McDonald's, Marlboro, Nasdaq, Exxon and Ford Buys the clear channel facing Armageddon's abroad Seven heads of the dragon, the horror of Babylon The Statue of Liberty, there's much more to examine on The president's nothing but a figurehead While the fallen angel gathers an army of the living dead Your life's doomed to tornadoes, typhoons to volcanoes Consume the whole fable and will soon all fall fatal It's a spectacular terrorist event, nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions It's a spectacular terrorist event, nuclear medicine men Smack your guard with a six-figure devil's head Blood money's the only money there really is Whether you bang on the block or board rules for billions